Welcome back, welcome back to the Vitamin D Podcast with Dawn Day. I am glad to be your eponymous host here to help you become the best you you can be and shine some light in your life. It's time for you to live your best life right now on purpose and for a purpose because life is short. Chadwick Bozeman just passed away. Brother got diagnosed with stage three in 2016 and yet still filmed several movies, walked down several red carpets, and did countless of interviews, all while standing forth and being there for friends, family, and friends. What is your excuse? What is holding you back? Why are you afraid to be great? Let me guess, you don't have it all figured out? When I think back on my first idea of what vitamin D would be, All I knew was that I had a voice and that I should use it. I also knew that I had a passion for music and I knew that music makes you hear words differently. And I said, well, wait a minute. I love inspiring people. So let me go to the music and pull out an inspirational message that can reach people universally. Something that everyone would understand and voila, here I am. Vitamin D is coming out of your speakers. Don't tell me it's not possible. And you can't tell me that you're not worth it because you are. And it's time for you to get out of your own way and make your dreams a reality. Which brings me to today's dose of vitamin D. Our guest today comes with a little bit of that fusion flair. She comes with drive and I'm talking about a woman who quit her corporate job and made her dream a reality with only $2,000 and an idea. I'm speaking with Miss Barbara Sky Burrell, founder of LA's famous Sky's Gourmet Tacos. We discuss what to do when you don't like the direction of your life. What to do when passion doesn't get you past the line and how you can walk it out despite not having a point-by-point plan for your life. I mean, who really has it all figured out, right? We talk how some of the greatest ideas are some of the ones we throw away as too far-fetched or too trendy and how a little girl in Chicago asking her mother what a taco is led decades later to some of the best tacos in Southern California. Without further ado, it's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Well, hello there, Miss Barbara Jean Burrell. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. It's good to meet you. It is an absolute honor to meet you. I say that because I was just thinking how uh, I live in the neighborhood and Darren, who is a neighbor of mine, and I would see he had uh, one of his cars were wrapped in Sky's Tacos. I remember uh, a couple years ago, actually, I stopped by before you moved to your new location when you were in the smaller area. Thought the yep. tacos were absolutely wonderful. So then here's how we met. Darren received a package at my house. I went to uh-huh. go drop it off. He says... Hey, Dawn, I am just in such gratitude for what you did. He's like, I'm going to bring you something for my good girlfriend, Sky. You know Sky's Tacos? I'm like, of course I know Sky's Taco. I'm going to bring you some caramel uh, cheesecake. My heart dropped. My palate danced. I saw a new day. (laughs) You know what to say. (laughs) You touched my heart. I got it. Thanks. Thanks so much. It means so much. It really does. Darren Davis are my biggest fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do without them in the in the team. But again, I'm glad you enjoyed the cheesecake and thank you. Absolutely. And 
Here's the thing as well, as I was uh, getting prepared, and if you're listening, I am talking to the CEO and founder of Sky's Gourmet Tacos located, right, well, you have a couple locations, but located in Southern California. Yes. yes. You have uh, founded it almost, what, almost 30 years ago. Uh, this year marked the 28th year. Yes, that's correct. It's, it's unbelievable. Where have the years gone? And, and, and I look up and I say, would I do this again? I'm stupid. I would. Okay. I would. But let's talk about that. Doing again, and that just makes me think of the start. First and foremost, we have something in common. Okay. We are two Midwest girls. I'm from Detroit. I saw you're from Chicago. Went to Michigan State. My sister went to Michigan State. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to know you. You know, there's, there's something about us Midwesterners. That's a, there's another, there's another touch to us. Okay. I, I don't care what anybody says because I thought I was going to ask you, where are you from? Honest to God. I thought you were from somewhere in the Midwest, not Idaho, not Iowa, but like Detroit. Good boy. That's where my folks are from. Yes. All the girls, but Joe Burrell is a fireman. My uncle, um, my father went to Cass Tech and all my, my relatives went there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And my dad. Very prominent musician, first African American in the symphony, symphony orchestra. Wow! Wow! Yes, I, I'm Detroit, so we're special. I always say, um, Detroit—they breed us differently. There's a, a go about us. There's a pizzazz. There is, there is, and 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 that that came on through to Chicago. Okay. And if you and I think that I think it doesn't leave. It doesn't that 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 aura doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. It's good to know you, my fellow Midwesterner. Yes. It's good to know you. <laughs> and Miss Barbara Jean, or should I call you Sky, whichever you prefer. They call me the Countess. They call me the Countess because um, I was down in my Marina Del Rey, my opening up here in the Marina and uh, Sky's Gourmet Marketplace. And so someone came in and says, I heard that. Uh, there's a, a countess moving in with her son, a rich, a rich countess with her son. So after that, everybody started calling me the countess. And I said, well, wouldn't it be better to be a queen? And then I was told, well, queens get replaced. Ooh. But countess, no. You better so, speak so. that. I love that. Countess Sky. It sounds so majestic. So let's start let's talk about it because um you have a very interesting story uh and i think like when we talk about stories of success we see the ups and downs the twists and turns and all that in between and like we stated you're from chicago tell us about what it was like going up to chicago and um what actually sparked your interest in uh the, t- the restaurant business grew up in chicago moderate uh, income family that aspired for the best for my sister and I. Um, there were the culture, very little, um, very few African-Americans in our, our hood. Uh, Latinos, we rarely saw them. Um, we rarely interacted with them. But I was always culturally diverse in my mind and heart. Because I would look at a person and say, how they look different? I, let's see, what do they do? How do they live? So this is how my interest started. And then, of course, the taco flew up somewhere on a billboard. I was with my mom, and I said, what's that? She's oh, it's a taco. It says taco. And I'm like, well, 
can we get a taco? We never had a taco. So somehow we ran into a taco, started eating tacos, developed tacos, cultivated tacos. Tacos a part of my life, for real, for real. So interesting, having it be a part of your life, it didn't start out that way because when you were studying at Michigan State, you were actually going down the business route. And I'm wondering, you were with your mom with that taco, but I understand Darren was telling me that your mom was a professional celebrity chef. That's correct. My mom cooked for Diana Ross. My mother cooked for Diana Ross right here in Beverly Hills. She cooked for the Cassidy's, David Cassidy. She cooked for uh, James Kahn, uh, Fred Sands. And um, that, that inspired me, but I didn't know at the time it was my inspiration. Mm. I didn't know. You know, sometimes we, as life goes on, we don't know really the answers. And we can be experiencing something very beautiful and not truly understand. My mother was a meticulous cook. That was um, the perfectionist that she'd throw it away. And I understand that. If it wasn't right, she said, it's got to go. My mom was stellar. She's not with us any longer, but I'm telling you, she brought so much. She gave so much to my heart and for order for me to give in the arena of cooking. I'm real pleased with that. I'm proud. And I love what you said. You said sometimes, you know, I think, you know, coming up and in life, we are trying to map out every single thing. And we realize that sometimes you have to live just to let things unfold. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you speaking on and just reading, someone can see that you were studying, you know, you were getting a degree in strategic business management at Michigan State. And then one day you just said, decided to say, hey. This isn't for me. So let me get this straight. I, I, I've done everything what they call ass backwards, you see. I didn't just go right from high school into Michigan State. I made some detours. You see, I had a child. Um, I was, uh, I, I worked at the phone company. I was here. I moved to California. So in moving to California, then I was able to catch up on my education, okay, through the route. But it didn't just, I'm, oh, I'm doing this, this, and this. No, there was, no, it was not simple, this clear-cut path. No, I didn't do that. No, that's not me. I, I didn't do that with anything I've done in life. My, my, my paths have been very, um, they've been very, uh, which one would say, off the, off the, off the stray, off the main, off the main site. And, but it's come around. It's come, it comes around. That's what they say. You know, you just live a little longer and just experience some things and you see how all the pieces come together. Yes, 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 yes. So when it came down to you and I was reading, you decided to take a, a break when you decided, hey, this is not what I want to do, uh, depending on, you know, going down the business route. Because I understand you were also an executive of several major companies and actually had a hand and the drive-through uh, being established at McDonald's. That's correct. That's correct. 1981, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get to the point? I, I can imagine um, McDonald's, what it is today, a very uh, lucrative stand-up job to say, "Hey, I'm walking away from this, from something that possibly was unknown or possibly a seed that had been planted." It was. It was a wonderful stepping stone. The experience when I wouldn't trade it. Hard work, discipline. It instilled um, systems, 
things that's needed. What I do every day, you have to have a system for everything. Uh, McDonald's was fabulous, but I wanted, I wanted something else in my life for me. Uh, McDonald's was established. When I quit McDonald's, it was, it was right after I finished the drive-thru and I resigned because I knew there was something else. And I didn't have another, I didn't have another job. But there was something else because I've always thought in the back of my mind, I want my own business and maybe this is time. And you see, I'm not a, I'm an intuitive person. Sometimes my intuition is a little off and it was off. So it was some, several years later, nonetheless, I knew that I wanted, McDonald's was established. I wanted to establish what Barbara needed and was put here to establish. Speak on it. And I think that's what's so important when we talk about dreams. It's about what is your passion? And are you still enough to hear it? Are you disciplined enough to see it? Are you ambitious enough to pursue it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would, I would suggest when people talk about, oh, my passion is, my passion is this or that. Well, passion doesn't always get us to the to the line it, it's it's uh something that will motivate us but passion doesn't take us the way the distance passion doesn't do that what passion will do is it will get you started because when as you walk that line you're going to need something more than passion you're going to need persistence you're going to need a touch of a touch of hard-headedness you're going to need a confidence that you have to constantly cough up sometimes every morning in order to make it. You're going to need a brashness to know that, oh, you need to tell me this big whole wide world, I can't do it. These are the things that you have to muster up in addition to that, that, that cool word, passion. Passion is a wonderful word and it's a wonderful thing. It's only a start. Wow. And it's a good start but it'll, it will never take you the distance. So you found your passion and you said, hey, you're with your mom. You saw these tacos. Then you decided to step away from McDonald's. I read that all you had was $2,000 and a vision. That's correct. What was that about? Well, you see, um, when you believe. First mm-hmm. of all, when you believe, when you know that you've come to the end of the road, the end of the road, that is the jump off for the beginning of the real road. This is what I did. I was working uh, as an asset manager, downtown high-rise for uh, Black Investments, Commonwealth Management, for 10 years. Saved money, quit. Oh, nine months, had a ball. Spent all the money except for probably two grand. And I said, okay, God, what am I going to do now? And this is the truth. So, So I did my novena. It was nine days, you know. And that ninth day I, I awakened at 6 a.m. in the morning with tacos. I said, I believe. It was 6 a.m., January 23rd, 1992. January 5th, I had a space, that small space at 5408 West People. I wasn't playing. I had no, I had basically no money. But I knew that this was what I needed to do. I go in that space, I sit down in the chair, I've got my two sons, and I say, now what do I do? My one son was excellent at, you know, plans, building, whatever. The other son was there saying, you know, whatever you need. He was, they were both in school. 
or whatever you need, mom, we're going to, we're here for you. And, and they work for me. And that March 5th comes along and I said, we're going to open up March 5th, 144 in 19, 144 PM, 19, 1992. I said, open the doors. We're not ready. and We'll never be ready. Open the doors anyway. We open those doors and those doors, when we opened them, we were like, because we were still in a developmental state. We weren't totally, you know, together and, you know, we had everything. You know, people had donated compressors. I got a wool stove, $2,000. That's, that's all I needed. Don't know how it has happened. I don't know how it happened. When I say I don't know how, I know that I took step by step and said, I'm going on anyhow. Would I do it again? Yeah. Yeah, do it again. Wow. And, you know, just hearing somebody else say, hey, and that one morning in January, the vision came. Then you said, wow, I got the space. So now you got the vision. You made room for the vision. Now this is the part I think you talked about that exceeds the passion. Now what are we going to do with it? Now what are we going to do? It's called the jump. You got to jump off. You, you got to jump. Right or wrong, you got to jump. And for somebody to hear the success, and I'm sure, and that's what I wanted to talk about as well, the road into your success. One can look at it and say, well, that's easy for you to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was provided for you already. It was easy. But it takes a level, no matter where you are, no matter what platform you're standing from, you still realize the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and my, my background has been, I work for men. And, you know, men, um, you know, they got another testosterone thing going, but they got, you know, they got the answers. And if they don't have the answers, they're like, like they've got the answers. Well, I've, I learned some of, their, some of their tricks. Their tricks in life that sustain them and help them to get through. That was one, one of the ones which I find to be uh, so much a part of me. You fear? Crawl under the fence if you have to. Because fear is fear is going to be with us at every every big step. You're, we're gonna we're gonna have this fear. Men have fear, but you never know it. Mm. These men, I worked for men that were strong men. When I say strong, very, very strong, I was right, I was usually right next to them. Sat on the board, right next to these men in terms of working and working habits, work ethic, work presentation, work conclusion. And one of the major things that I noticed was how they handled fear. They had fear. They crawled under the fence, whatever they had to do. But they moved along. Mm. It's that fear. And that's what I learned with these men. And I have the experience of um, having many, many, uh, wearing many hats and being able to bring these hats to my business. I learned about insurances in business. I learned about, um, I learned about how to, how to maintenance. I learned a lot of different, different things. Okay. I learned how to just get through, just go on anyway. Or they tell you no. Oh, that's okay. That's a good. That's a good answer. No is a wonderful answer. I'll be right there tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I learned. 
And it's interesting of how you got that uh, perseverance coupled with that persistence, because here we are in 2020. We can still compare how much a woman is getting paid by the dollar to a man, let alone an African-American woman. And that's in 2020. Now, we're talking you established your business. You opened it up on Pico in 1992. Therefore, umpteen years prior to that, you are an African-American woman. Standing in a room of how many other women? Were you usually the only one? Yes. Yes, I was always amongst men. Talk to me about some of the things that you had to push through that was said, because I talk to people oftentimes and they're going after your dreams. And like you stated before, not having it figured out, but sometimes you get in certain situations and you think that you're going to have a support system of people that are rooting you on. But of course, when you look different and when you're breaking a barrier, when you're doing something that's unknown and foreign, people don't always take a liking to that. How did you persevere? Opposition was tough. Uh, The positions that I held, uh, for example, I would never get addressed by my name. I was uh, asset manager, but I never got addressed as Barbara Burrell. I was always addressed as, dear sir, dear sir. Other places, people would write me notes and then you're an asshole. I mean, men, men, predominantly men. And I would be offended, by the way. I was very offended, but I would never let them know it. I would go in and I said, well, I guess I'll be a bigger asshole today because here I come. But every day that this chips away, it can chip away at you. It can chip away at your confidence. And if you don't, if you don't really work and believe in yourself and every day... Toot yourself and say, when you wake up in the morning, say, oh, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm, 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 I can make this. I can make this and I can do this well. You'll be defeated because I have worked around nothing but men, made more money than men. And the setups, some of the things that happen, I mean, the setups that they do, uh, they, they create for you to fail. There's nothing but setups for failure. And when they get, and I've been fired. Well, I've been fired. And when they get ready to fire you, they bring down a whole bunch of suits. And even instead of just one suit, but for, for a strong woman, they're going to bring down suits. Like three and four. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it's a psychological thing, okay? And of course, I thought it was an honor because they did not define me. And I knew the reason. Did I sue? No. It wasn't necessary. I didn't have time. I got other things to do. But it was, it was a blow. It was a blow in that you have to really sit down and get in touch with yourself and say, let me figure this out. And it's about being a woman. It's about being a woman, a woman that looks different. And we're still, we're still in this battle. Constantly. There's a, we're in this woman inclusion battle. We're trying to break out of it. It looks like we're, we're, it looks like we're on the way. But it's the way to go. Women do not get respected. You have to. I was a, and when I worked as an asset manager, I was a, a woman. I wore high heels and lipstick, and they were like, "Oh, here she comes." And so I was to be. Men can go around, and they can they can taunt and then taunt in terms of say ugly things to women, and it's okay. When you say something to a man in terms of instructions, they're like, "Oh, she's a bee." But a man, he can, 
he can say what he wants to say to a woman. He's assertive. You know, so we're, we've come some way, but we've got to go a long way. We're going to go the distance, too. We're going to go the distance. And, you know, the way society has definitely opened up doors and I think there's a different light and a recognition for a lot of women that have dreams. But I think or I feel what you said was so imperative. And this goes for a lot of women that are being bold enough to go against the grain, to step in their truth, to say, you know, you know, I want a business and I may want a family, too. And if not, that's okay. But what I find is so interesting with a lot of not only women, but men and going to your path of success is that it, it, it can be lonely. And there's a sure enough confidence in yourself that you just have to know what you know. And I just think about you and you're saying that, hey, I'm the only one in heels and lipstick in this entire room and probably the only one of color. What would you say was your inspiration or who or what kept you going? I, I was raised around a mother that was extremely strong. She was much stronger than she even gave herself credit for. I, I watched my mother fight battles. I watched her fight battle after battle. And I said to myself, oh, I could never do this. Oh, I could never do this. And this is the battle for, for home ownership. Uh, you know, the, just, just the usual uh, living uh, arena. Nothing, nothing, you know, tremendous, like buying a building or a high rise. It was like, yeah, let me fight for to get my home. Let me fight to get my loan from the bank. Let me fight to get my job in civil service because I've been discriminated against. Discrimination was real, and there was little you could do about it. Mm. Okay, she was being discriminated as a woman, an African American woman. Okay, and her abilities. And my mother, I I watched her. I watched her with civil service fight, fight and say, "I'm going to keep my job." I watched my mother study so hard, and they gave her another test, and she came out number one. I watched my mother fight, and this was back in in the in the in the sixties. I watched my mother. And my mother, it, it's, I didn't realize how, what a, an important influence that was. But every day that I went to work, that I, I had to fight this, because it was, a, it was a, an abash against my, uh, my personality and my confidence. But every day I went to work, I said, here I come. Watch me. And every day I had to, I had to pick myself up. Because by day's end, I would, I would be so tired that when I would leave work, I'd have to pull over and breathe and say, no, that's not right. No one should have to live. No, no one should have to have an environment to work like that. But the environment was meant, men that, that said, this is what you do. This is what, this is what we're going to put you through. Can you stand it? Yes, I can. Wrong one. Wrong one. So, but this was from my mother. This is from my, the model I had. It's amazing of how the influence of our parents have, because I like to say, uh, just with my story and the things that I've done of just leaving Detroit, going to Howard, living in New York, 
now living in Los Angeles and people are like, wow, Dawn. And, you know, being at the point of having a job to no car, to no job, well, my feet, but still making it happen. And just like you yeah. mirror that because I had a strong mother. I had a strong, yeah, a- strong mother. I saw my mother battle cancer three times yeah. and I didn't realize how serious it was until it was the third bout. But I'm saying it's interesting when we talk about our pedigree and we talk about the legacy and just like the legacy that you're leaving with Sky's Taco is that when you know what you know and that's who you are, you have no other choice but to go forward. And, and you do. And you do. And as um, Maria Riva says, with authority. Wow. You <laughs> that inco- exactly. And, and it makes me think, because I look over the years of, of just reading it, almost these past three decades, you've gotten several accolades of the amazing thing in LA Weekly, whether you're featured on KTLA, countless of other television shows and news programs. And again, we're like, wow, look at Sky. Yes. Yes. But what I think is so interesting, and we talked about the perseverance and the push through, it's one thing to be fighting the outside sources. But I understand that you too had a battle with cancer. You also mm-hmm. dealt with the loss of your son. Yet still, yeah. almost 30 years later, you still have your business. But more importantly, as I sit here before you, you still mm-hmm. seem to have a peace of mind. How is that? I'm extremely blessed. I'm extremely blessed. When I was diagnosed, um, first of all, I, I was diagnosed in kind of an unusual way. I, I remember it was on Wednesday evening and I had a lump. I noticed um, my breast and I said, oh, I must be picking up these tomatoes. You know, I've been picking up too many cases of tomatoes are too heavy. And I said, well, I'll check it out later. Well, this Wednesday, something came into my spirit and I went to emergency on Sunday. And then Monday, they said, come back tomorrow because you need to see a surgeon. I'm like, okay, well, this fear or, or just was like it was overriding inside of me. And I got that fear under control. So I had, um, they took out, uh, what do you call it? Um, Osectomy? Uh, a lymphectomy. Yeah, lymphectomy. To, to, uh, to find out if it was cancerous. And I didn't know what they were really going to do because I don't hear a lot of information. Biopsy. A lot of information. Yeah. A lot of information can throw me. Too much information. So I told my sister, I said, you know, I'm going over. I'm going to have a biopsy and, and whatever. So that was on a Wednesday. So on a Friday, my sister's picking me up. My mother's in the car. My other sister's in the car. And there's a one's reading this book. It's called Dr. Susan Love's First Book, right? And I'm saying, we're going to see the doctor. I mean, but it hasn't dawned on me. That's what I had. That's how... That's how immediately I'd gone to another plane. So we go to the doctor's office and the doctor said, the surgeon said, uh, my mother was sitting to my left and he says, you have? And I said, oh, my mother was just uh, my family. I said, no, 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 So I got up and I walked out and I said, thank you. Thank you. I said, but I want you to, tell, to know that I'm healed. Amen. And I walked out of there and I sat down and I thought to myself, what, what does this all mean? So fortunately, I had you know, family and right there with me. And my sons were right there at the business. And so I wasn't worried about it. People would say, you have to close the business. I said, no, I don't. I've got sons. I've got sons that are interested and that have my best interests. 
And I believe the interests of the business at heart. They, took, they did take over. There was no issue. There was no issue. And with support, and chemotherapy, you know, gone through the whole thing. Um, radiation, but, uh, not but, and. Hello. And I believed at every step that I was healed. Not, not um, in remission. I don't believe in remission. It's either 99% and that's nothing to me or 100% and give it all to me. But that's what was my belief. And fortunately, you know, I was able to go right after chemotherapy two days after and start working out because I wanted to be strong. Wow. I was very, very, very weak. I was very weak. I was very old because it will do that to you. The disease will ravish you. It will do that. It will make you weak. It will make you old before your time. And I was able to have a wonderful trainer who was like my angel. Fabulous. He walked in one day and walked in the skies. I was sitting in the back because I was hiding. And I says, God, I says, I'm just going to try to work out. He says, I'm a trainer. And I says, well, you know, really? I, I'd love to. I says, you know, tell me how much does it cost? He's going to work that out. He was my angel. I could not afford it, and he did not charge. And I will always, always be so thankful because I worked out for not one year, two years, three years. I mean, I re I started returning to Barbara, and and I was just really tremendously blessed. And again, my children were there to support me. My family was there to support me. Tremendously blessed. I find that so amazing how we can find ourselves in certain situations. And be in a space of not knowing how. But God shows up and sends those angels and the people that we need. And the thing that is required is just to have faith. Oh, ye of little faith. You just walk it out. <sighs> walk it out. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Can we just walk it out? And if we can learn this with everything. Oh, my God. Our lives would be so much richer. And they would be so, we'd be so much healthier. We worry about things that may never come to pass if we can just walk this day out. That's, that's what the truth that I had to come to. One step in front of the other. One step. Just one step. You have to take two or three, just one. I, um, I try to relieve myself of that sometimes because you get so caught up in the long haul. Instead of figuring out the right now. And it's like, it's just right now. And it's, it, it, it just reminded me of you just saying one step. Even in your, in your um, when you were speaking, you said not but, but and. Because and allows a plus and it's more. But is a stop, a, a restriction. And I feel that's what happens, what comes with stress. You're trying to control. You're trying to stop. But like you said, just Walk it out. There's a free-forming feeling and it's a peace. Yes. yes, yes. If we could just take it day at a time. And I mean, I've been faced with uh, that lesson over and over again. Really? Because that's our daily lesson. That can be our monthly. Of course. It just You just don't accept and say, well, I'm going to walk this out. Here I am, everybody. I'm walking. No. No, you, while you're walking it out, 
you're working it out in your head to try to walk it out. And then, have, you know, come on. Now, we're real. We're really, we're human beings. Right. And we're real people. We got loads of thoughts going through. But when I say walk it out, it's, it's, it's walk it out in terms of turning it over to, to whomever your power is. And my power is God. And if you could turn it over and just say, well, you, you know, give us this day. And there's so much truth if, if in the world of work, in the world of relationships, in the world of, of spouses, because you can't see when you're trying to, you got the rain so tight. Oh, come on. Say it again. You can't see when you got the rain so tight. You're not going to see. But if you let, let go, act like it's a bar of soap in your hand. Let's see what happens. It's wet and keep your hand open. And it will work out. And I still, I still have to go through that this day. Oh, it's just not automatic. Nothing is automatic. You have to work at it every day. If it's your business, if it's your marriage, if it's your everything, you got to work at it every day. And people don't think that maybe they're working at it, but you're either working at it or you're doing nothing. Mm. Okay, good choice. And, and, and if we think about it, we're here to live. You don't stop from living until you're dead. So why are you no, stopping? No, it's the most beautiful thing about life. We're here to we're here to make an impact through change, through through role model, through empowerment, through encouragement. Uh, if it's the people we see on the street, how are you doing today with a smile? Or they can look at you with that smile, and it means so much. And not because you're needy, but because you're human. Because it's spirit to spirit. Hello. It's spirit to spirit. And it's kind you of know. like that energy source that you just allow it to flow. Whether yeah. it's, you know, like you're talking about having that faith with the business. All you have to do is see it. All you have to do is see it and know that every day that you put in, every day that you put in, it's your, it's your bank. It's your bank. And listen to this. You made me smile because uh, there's something I talk about with my platform. I always coin myself as the life bank account expert. And I say that because I charge and I challenge people to think what kind of deposits versus liabilities are you putting in your life bank account? Because in this account, you are your greatest asset. The value, whether you're yes. reading, whether you're resting, whether you're working out, whether you're eating right, those are deposits. But just like anything that has a positive and a negative, you understand that there is a balance yes. with that. So there is some take. Maybe there is some sacrifice. Maybe there is some bumping your head, learning a lesson. But like you said, having that grace and walking it out, working it through and having that forgiveness. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, here you are. You started the business, like I said before, it's the 28th year. I mean, I'm sure tons of people that are listening right now are like, that's the time I've been on this earth. That's, that's a right. huge accomplishment. I've seen children grow up, go to college, finish college in their careers. Kids that ate beans that were so hot, you know, and little Johnny, little Johnny's, uh, you know, as an adult, married. When we think we're doing menial work, Understand that nothing is menial when you put purpose to it. The mm. why. I don't care what you. I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care. It's like we clean. It's like we clean our homes. When we go in with intent, 
and purpose. Boy, when it's done, it feels so good. It looks good. Same basic premise with everything in life. Same basic premise. What is the intent? What is the why? They say your why is what's going to wake you up. Your why is what's going to keep you pushing. That's it. There's a gentleman, his name is Eric Thomas, who happens to be from Detroit as well. He calls himself E.T. He says, he's, he coins it as your dream, but let's just say if it's your why. You have to want your why, your dream, as bad as you want to breathe. Because you realize yeah. it's beyond you. Like you said, when you had this vision, it was beyond the comprehension of this realm of understanding how it was to be. You knew your assignment. I did. I did. I did. And what's interesting, when we know our assignment, sometimes we can start on one path, but I, I promise you, whatever your assignment is, it's somehow in life, it's going to drag you to that place. Mm. Life, there, it's, life is an interesting thing. It's like we think we have to know. Everybody gets up and says, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I tell someone, I tell them, pick something. Pick something that you like and do it. And it's okay. Because if it's not right, it will take you on to whatever your assignment is. It'll take you on, but you have to pick something. You got to stick with it long enough. And even if you veer off and whatever mistakes we make, if you believe, I believe in my heart that you do have an assignment and everyone here has a purpose, it's going to show its face. It's going to show up. Sometimes when it shows up, you won't even know it. You're like, oh, well, I mean, Come on, I started doing tacos and I really didn't know this was really my assignment. I, I knew what having a business was, and I mean, I was on the grill, and you know, this has been no sweet picnic. In other words, it, it's been fruitful, but I worked it from the ground up. A matter of fact, it hasn't been that long since I got off the grill. Wow, that long? I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I get on it again. So, so sometimes you don't even know. Then all of a sudden, one day you awaken. And it's like, wow, this is this couldn't have lasted had it not been much bigger than just me. It's bigger. Usually, our assignments are much bigger than we are. Oh, wow. And I feel like even when you say that, that's how it's it comes back and it keeps giving. Because there's a, a surplus and an overflow. And when you talked about your why and talking about how it's bigger, I can't help but think about how you've built your business where your employees are basically like family. My employees are very important to me. My employees are, um, they are part of me. And the ones that have been around me a long time, first of all, I've taken the time. First of all, I'm a trainer. I'm a teacher. I train. Okay. I, I, um, I criticize, but I'm going to hold you up. I'm gonna, I criticize you, and, and I'm tough. I'm a, I'm a taskmaster. And I, and I do that. First of all, I want to see how tough you are. Because remember, I come out of another world. I come out of a... And, and it's, not about, um, it's not about being um, being ugly. It's about getting to the point. Getting to the point of what you need in your business and making this picture for them. So they can see what this picture is about. Once you defy and stop telling them, your employees and the people that you work with very closely, what your goal is, what the vision is, then they don't know why they're working. Mm. They have no idea what they're working. Okay, but in telling them, training them, encouraging them, 
finding out what, what is their love. Sometimes, you know, I, I've got one person who's been with me for over 20 years. Honest to God, she's the greatest food designer you ever want to run into. Who would have known? But I let her have it. I let her have it. I encourage you to go to school. Do what you have to do, what you need to do. I don't want you just to be able to work for skies. I want you to be able to go out there and work for yourself. Wow. Because I, I, I get nothing. I get nothing if you don't work. The world gets nothing. The community gets nothing. Unless you go. That's my true contention. And, and again, Taskmaster, but I'll tell you. I don't tell you. But you'll learn. You'll learn and you will understand that this has to be carried over. You will take this home with you. You will take this to your children, to your family. You will take this to your employees should you start a business. I, um, I was on a panel a couple of years ago, and after the panel was over, I met someone who came up and she said, you don't remember me? And I said, I don't remember you. No, I don't. And she said, I am so-and-so. And And I I said, she said, I used to work for you. And she said, wow. She said, you were tough. She said, but you taught me so much. And I want to tell you, thank you. And I'm like, oh, God. Now, that touches my heart. That, that, That touches my heart. That... And, and and she's a professional woman. She's in the stock. She's a stockbroker. Professional woman. If she wasn't a professional woman, she's doing what she's doing. But she came up to say to me, "Thank you. Why do I mentor? Why do I stay in this business? Because there's people like her. They're going to benefit. And that's what we're here for. We're here to teach. We're here to we're here to share. We're here to we're here to go through the troubles." Somebody did with us, right? And it's no wonder, like, why your your establishment has been so fruitful, not only in Marina Del Rey, but where I am right now here in Mid City, because of what you have given to the community, and how Thank the you. community has nourished and how it serves everyone in the community. I was reading how you said, "Listen, this is not a, a Mexican soul food fusion," and in fact, maybe you cringe of that. And you said, because there's a piece that fits for everyone. Why is it so important to uh, be in the community for so long, as well as serving the various aspects of the community? Part of community, we have to understand, it encompasses each and every one of us. We all have our, we all have our path in community. Some volunteer some open businesses. Now, when you open a business, oh, you're there for profit, but also you're there to serve because there are people along the way that not only do we meet, but we we hear, we hear about that have losses and how can we serve this pe- person? I mean, people have been so good to me in my life, I, I can do nothing but share and give. But community can come, it, it's in many... It, it's within a person. Community is part of having a business that has integrity. Community is part of a person that, uh, part of any person that stands for citizenship within, as a whole, as, as part of a whole. Uh, Skies, I believe, represents these things because it's important to me. It's important that Skies have the integrity support. It's important that Skies serves that's therefore uh, 
human humankind and we care. That's community. And it's us coming together. And now tell me if I have the incorrect information. Prior to actually opening it up in a store, was Skies, did it start off as a truck? Were you solely on a truck at first? No. I started out in 1992 again. The truck came along in 2010. Oh. The truck was, the truck was a wonderful ride. Uh, the truck is another uh, facet of a business. It was the facet that I found to be interesting. We did well. We did well with weddings and different events, but it was not my direction. It's not the direction I wish to go. So we sold the truck a couple of years ago. And again, it's, it takes another, takes another facet of business to truck. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we had that experience and it was finished. And I love that. I, I just, and I think that's just another part of your story that I appreciate because when you talk about, you know, breaking barriers, when you're talking about being a pioneer and trailblazing and leading the way, you realize too about how many chances that you have to take. And sometimes it's just learning, like you said before, ways of not doing something. And once we ease the pressure on ourselves, allowing us to live, I'm wondering from your perspective and your experience, what would you say is one of the most valuable experiences that you've learned being a restaurantpreneur? One of the most valuable experiences I've learned, oh my God, there have been so many through the years, I think, but, but one is the people. Understanding how people, that's our, that's our resource. None of us can function without being able to band, being able to uphold one another, uh, to share with one another, to understand the, uh, the life experiences of one another, just as what we're, we're experiencing something now with the, we've had the protests, we've had the pandemic, we're all learning something new about one another. And all of it isn't bad. Mm-mm. There's some good things happening. And I think that the experience in my life, it's been about people. Sharing experiences both ways, give and take. That's been, that's been a big thing. And it's the magical part of life. It's, it's a gift that keeps on giving because what one person may not have, someone else. And like you said, working with that overflow, reaching out, that's how we all become better as one. Yes. And yes. I just think when I think of Sky's Tacos, I just think of, um, I just think of just being limitless because, you know, we soar oh. in the sky and we fly and just speaking with you and just seeing how many firsts you've done. How you've taken your intellect, your your ability to not only stand in a room, but to command a room and how eloquent you speak and how much of a boss you are. And just to be an African-American woman, I, I sit here and I'm thinking all the news with Kamala Harris and what that could mean for someone such as yourself that has pioneered and created even vegan menus in L.A. Yeah, right, 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 right. Vegan menus in L.A., Wow. That was that was a tough one for me because I'm not. I wish I was a vegan night, but I'm not. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, delicious, delicious fare. So what we did is my son and I, Victor and I, we went looking for 
of this vegan fair. He says, you know, mom, we got to, it was not my idea. It was not my idea. It was Victor's idea, who was the president of my son. He says, listen, let's look for, let's, let's do vegan. This is important. This is um, uh, this is an important part in that there are a lot of V-nice people are not embracing them, embracing the mini, da, 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 da. I said, okay. So we went around tasting food, vegan food. It was horrible. Oh. And when I said horrible, it was horrible. It was like, I'm like, for real, do I really have to go through this? And he says, yeah. He says, he says but remember, it doesn't, their take, it tastes like this because this is what they know. What do we know? So we come back to skies and with, we're looking at it with another attractiveness. Let's make this food attractive in taste and let's make it where people haven't had this, this soul flair. Mm. You know, vegan food is like plant-based and now what? Okay, let's, let's, let's spice it up. Let's put some skies seasoning in here. Let's, let's put it on, we can put it on another grill. We'll make everybody happy. And let's know that we're not only talking about a vegan meat, because in my head, I was like, vegan meat, vegan meat, vegan. no, no, no. You've got shiitake mushrooms, you've got your new red potatoes, mm. you know, we've got, um, you've got some good stuff going on mm. here, okay? I can it's taste not it. about tofu. I mean, I hated tofu. I love tofu now. <laughs> tofu is like, Glenn, let's do this. We put our seasoning in there, you know, Put a shell, dip a shell, you know, olive oil, da, da, da. and let me tell you something. We have one of the best vegan menus moving because it's not your bland source. It is a delicious vegan taste. It's just not your usual, you know, oh, well, it's vegan, so it's supposed to be good for us. It tastes good. Wow. That's what food is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. So that's our I love that. And, and true story, I actually tried to, uh, before our, our interview, I wanted to get, you know, refresh on how delicious the tacos were, but we didn't have enough time by the time. It was just, it was so crowded, of course. And um, I couldn't get it, but I definitely will be in there to tell the good folks how amazing that is. Because when you that's see true. someone such as yourself that... First of all, you got the Midwest and we just, we have that flair. We have that seasoning of how we cook and how we do what we do. And then to see how you merged it over here. Like, I can't wait to tell everybody about it. And I'm so proud um, to be living in the community where you have flourished. Like I could walk to your restaurant from where I am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just couldn't help but to wonder, um, you know, just the thoughtfulness and the process where it came when you were developing your menus. Were, were these recipes from your mother? Part of it, but most of all, let me talk about the vegan menu. The vegan menu, I was confused because I understood. I understand all that plant-based. I, start, I read all about it. But you see, when you try to marry the palate mm. with theory on paper, you're like, well, this is, not, this is not jiving. So you have to pick up what you read on paper, what you're going to do with this plant-based food, this this. You're going to read it. And then what you're going to do is you're going to say, now let me interpret it in terms of my own creativity. And that's what we did. So, so, um, and I, and I keep going back to vegan because again, I was not, I did not like tofu. I love tofu. Yeah. I like skies. It's good. So what's next for skies? What do you see skies tacos in the next 10 years? That long? I'm impressed. 
<laughs> I'm impressed. Um, the next, the next move for Skies is um, Skies University, and we're opening up probably uh, next week. Yeah. So tell us about Skies University. Skies University, it's the uh, it's pickup delivery uh, strictly. It's um, Skies Gourmet Tacos. Okay, and uh, we're excited about it. It's it will basically in the delivery it will service the downtown area, USC area over in that area exposition. So again, we're excited because we have not penetrated that area. They have not had the skies experience. Again, we're excited about that. And then of course we've got the sauces, our sauces and seasoning that are coming out. They're going to be on Amazon, Whole Foods, the bit. Wow. And then, that's right. That's right. And we're talking about the reason we it's not not out is because the plant, because of the pandemic, the plant shut down, whatever. So we're they're delayed, but it's okay. There's no delay. There's always the right time. Okay. So there's that'll be out probably within about hopefully within a couple of months or less or less. And then we have, of course, we're going to start shipping our wonderful cheesecakes. Mm. That will start week. Okay. And that will include our plain pineapple, caramel crunch, a mango. But maybe you want something a little different, you know, give us a ring. We'll, we'll work at it. We'll have it right for you. Oh. And then, of course, we have the um, SoFi, about the stadium. Because that's exciting. The stadium is coming up for us. That's sealed deal. Wow. Um, be, uh, yeah, we'll be it's about the next year or so. And again, that's, uh, that's the real deal. Uh, it's a um, nice, beautiful space. It's going to be um, it's going to be a little bit more upscale. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Then we are, have the um, Westfield, Westfield Topanga. We're going in there. And that's in a year and a half. That's a sealed deal. So, and then, but see, this is a year, year and a half. So far, it's a year... Um, Westfield's a year and a half, so we really don't know what's going to happen between them because you know we we're we're on the move. We're we're the team that's on the move, so we don't know what we're going to pick up in between. We don't know where you know, but we know that we know our movement is with us. The movement, okay, is with us. That's where we're going, and that's this is where we are. Again, next week, University Sky University. It's we're excited about it. We're excited because it gives jobs. I mean, jobs going on, you know, jobs. Right. And like you said, like, um, it could be a year or a year and a half from now, but like you said, walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. And I'm the kind of person who's like, I'm a right now person. Right now. Um, it is right now. Mm. Because whatever we're walking out, it's right now. So right now. We're excited. To hear you speak, you know, just learning more about the success of your business and what you've done, but also you fed my soul. You felt my spirit of just the perseverance, the mindset, the know-how, your empathetic approach to want to give back. Yes. You know, it's, it's this one quote that I heard a couple years ago when working with Lisa Nichols, and it's all about... Lifting while we climb. Mm. And I see your climb as just everything that you've announced. Mind you, we're in the middle of a 
pandemic and you have these praise yes. reports. Yes. The blessing, the blessing pays off. And it pays off at the most unusual time. Ah. Uh, what has come into our world, the black swan, the event that we could never, ever, ever predict. It has been a blessing. Oh, prayers are God knows for those that have lost their lost. Oh my God, just with my heart. We have to understand that the circle is still there, the circle of blessing. And it, and it, it does not, it doesn't earmark a time that we think it should be. It earmarks the time that he thinks it should be. Well. Okay. And that's what better perfect time is that? That's right now. That's right now. This is what we're walking through right now. I had to raise my hands. I wanted to shimmy because everything is about it right now. How are you feeling right now? Does it drive you? And like you said, talking about your intuition, what did your gut say? My gut said, when this first, when this pandemic first hit, and was it March, which was about March 10th, 12th, I was like, what? Oh my God. You know, because because that's the first reaction that we're accustomed. We're accustomed to that, that fear running in on us, okay? Like, oh, what's going to And I said, and something, a peace came over me. It's like, it's still going to be okay. Everybody was talking, we're laying off people. And I said, I said don't, don't anybody move. We're okay. We're okay. And I not only trust, at some point, you know that you know. What? Ooh, what you say? You know that you know that there is no loss. Okay? Because if there's a detour, it's going to come around to the right space. There's no loss. There's no, there's no failure. We're no failure. There's our stepping stone to your success. So I'm going to walk this out too, I said. And it was a perfect time for me to get some rest. I was exhausted. Probably all exhausted. Mm -hmm. We all got a little rest. We're, we're, we're renewed. We got renewed. We're renewed. We can, we can move on. And ready to do on. a new thing. Things will never be the same. They'll never be the same. They're not supposed to be the same. They're going to be better. This is a time when people can rethink their lives, rethink their, their avenues in which they're taking, uh, redefine themselves. This is the time. we got time. Reset. Take advantage of it. Take advantage. It's real. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for your time, for your intelligence. Thank you. For your wisdom, but more so for your presence. For not only what you've given in this interview, but also what you've done, not only for our community, but what you are doing abroad. Because because of you, somebody's doing what they're doing. Because of you, there's another woman that's sending there making big deals and major corporations in a field that's predominantly ran by man because of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm honorable. I, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm honored and humbled. Because when it comes Thank down to the why, yes, 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 guys, tacos is where it's at. So thank you. And I hope that for you that's listening to understand the importance of just walking it out. Well, that's it for your dose of vitamin D. Thank you. 
Miss Barbara Jean Sky Burrell for joining me and telling us about what it took to establish, to persevere, persevere in the rise of Sky's Gourmet Tacos. Now, I want to ask you before we officially close out, tell us where your locations are if someone's in the California area and where they can check you out. The Mid City, Sky's Gourmet Tacos is at 5303 West Pico Boulevard, and that's Los Angeles. Phone number is 323-932-6253. And of course, you can check us out, skiestacos.com or skiesgourmettacos, twotees.com, uh, at aol.com. So we're also at the Marina, uh, Marina City Club, 4333, Admiralty Way, Suite 1, Skies Gourmet Marketplace, 424-353-02. 9-2. Okay. All these telephone numbers. Okay. You know how you do it on your fingers and after that, it's nothing. Right. Anyways, we're open daily from 7 a.m. until 10, 11 on the weekends. And we'd love to see you. Thank you. And I'm telling you from dawn day myself, Sky's Gourmet Tacos are truly a delight. It speaks to your palate and touches your soul. Thank you so very much for joining me today. It was so nice to sit down and talk with Barbara. Us two Midwest girls. I just felt like we connected in that way you do with an aunt or like an older sister. So much wisdom just flowing between us. I want y'all to reach out to me, in fact, and tell me what you think. Is there anything getting away of your dreams? Just like Barbara said, you don't have to figure it out. Sometimes you just got to walk it out day by day. But nevertheless, I want to hear from you. How are you going to get over that fear that keeps you from getting what you want? Is there anything you feel looking back that you want and you want to go back and try and get it? Let us know. Email vitamin D at dawndayspeaks.com. That's vitamin D at dawndayspeaks.com. If you want to find Sky's Gourmet Tacos, you can check out their Pico location at 5303 West Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles and their Marina Del Rey location at 4333 Admiralty Way. You can also follow them on social media at Sky's Tacos. As always, you can catch us where you get your podcasts every Monday with more inspiring conversations and insights. If you're looking to get even more vitamin D in your life, you can also follow me at Dawn Day Speaks on all social media. That's Dawn, D-A-I Speaks on all social media. Well, that's it for your dose of vitamin D. Until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.